Hey, what's up guys? This is Chris Barbie. Hunter Williams and I are gonna sit down and talk about Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. This will be episode three in Unpack That. What's up everybody? Hunter and Chris back again with another round of Unpack That. Uh, how you doing, Chris? Man, I'm good. You know, when you said back again, I thought, I thought about that. What was it? Guess who's back? <laughs> back again. Oh, yeah. Hunter's back. Anyway. Oh, yeah. yeah, I wasn't here last week. Uh, <laughs> I, I got summoned to jury duty. Yeah. Which was a complete waste of time. <laughs> you were serving our country. Yeah. I, I went in, literally sat there forever just for them to tell me, yeah, we're, we're, we canceled it. You can go home. Did you get, did you get a check from that? You get $20. Paid? $20. 20 bucks. $20. There you go. So, you know, okay. I guess it's not completely... <clears throat> Crappy. Yeah. You know, something to show for it. That's right. Cool. Um, so how you been? Good. Good. Last week I was sick as a dog. Yeah. You can probably still hear it a little bit in my voice. But uh, yeah, we're, we're getting through. Sweet. Cool. So this past week, um, we kind of focused on the busyness of life. It was cool that you, you quoted from John Mark Comer's book. Me and Megan actually read that book together. And mm. I think it really spoke to us and just showed us kind of the just how dangerous busyness can mm, be, especially yeah. when it comes to spiritual, your spiritual life. And, um, it was cool that you were able to kind of yeah. take his story and show us, you know, this is coming from a pastor and how easy it is just to let little things creep in and let your time just be taken away from you slowly. Yeah. Super successful. And yet tells the story of how he felt empty. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you spoke about the busyness and about how we should use, we should make our schedules serve us rather than us serving them. Um, there's so many things that we just really don't have control of. So how can we take charge of our schedules? Yeah, I think that's a good one because we do feel, especially as we progress in life, um, in different seasons, we certainly feel like our schedule is in charge of us. Like right now, my wife is uh, taking my kids to the doctor for their just you know regular checkup, which yeah. means... She had to put on pause all the things that she was doing, work and things around the house, to then leave early, pick them up from school, take them to the doctor, take them back to, to, yeah. to school, and then, oh, I still have the same amount of work that I had to do before, right? Yep. We experience this at, you know, all the time at church and in different places. Um, and so how do you, yeah, it's a good question. How do you do that? Well, I, I think first and foremost, <clears throat> um, it, it, this doesn't seem like it's, it's, it's f- fundamental, but I think it is, it's foundational. You have to remember why. Why is it important to do it? And it's not just for the outcome of, oh, my life will be better. Like if you go back to Genesis chapter 2, when, when after God's created everything, the heavens and earth have been created and all the hosts and everything, and it says, chapter 2, verse 2, and on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done and he rested on that seventh day. I think for me, it begins with the mindset and understanding of, okay, if God can do it and then he calls me to do it in Exodus 20 and different places, he has called me to rest. So I need to know that it's important. I'm not smarter than him, right? Like yeah. I, I, ask, I, have, I have conversations with my kids all the time. We're, we're debating, so to speak, about something. And I look at my child and I'll say, do you think you're smarter than me? <laughs> and they will go, no. And then I go, okay, so stop debating me. Yeah. Just do it. Right, yeah. And this is what we do with God, with our bodies and with our time. So how do we get in charge with our schedules? I think step one is remember that um, you uh, need to submit your schedule to him. So it starts off with that. And then there, are, there is always time. There's a group in our, in our city and really I think nationally called F3. It's a workout group. I think it stands for like faith, 
family and fitness or something like that. Okay. And they work out every day at 5.15 in the morning outside. It's insane. Yeah, that's right? crazy. <clears throat> I, I've done it a couple times. Um, look, if you're a morning person, it's for you. Yeah. But I've always complained about I'm not a morning person, so I don't want to do it at 5.15. But here's the, here's the thing that I agree with him on. There are no excuses at 5.15 for most people outside of do you want it enough. Yeah. So there are things in our life that we can control, certainly. You can't control, once you walk into the office at work, everything that comes your way. You can't control traffic. You can't control some things. But there are things in your life that you can control. Yeah. And most of us find that we have expended all of our energy worrying about and stressing about and working on the things that we're not in control of. So when the time does come to be in control of our things, like after work, you get home, you know, what are we going to do for dinner? What are we going to do for relaxation? What are we going to do for our spouse, for our kids, blah, 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 blah. And so we coast. I find myself coasting, especially in the wintertime. Yeah. I don't know if you're like me, but like in the wintertime, I, I want to go home, put my PJs on and do yeah. nothing at like yeah. 6 p.m. Yeah. Right. Um, so you have to start taking charge of the things that you can take charge of. So I mentioned in my sermon, my perfect week. I laid that out. There was a season in my life when I laid that my perfect week thing out so that I could reveal to myself how little I was working. I heard a sermon one time on um, the, the Sabbath commandment in the Ten Commandments by a pastor. And he said, you know, a lot of times we hear this, you know, we, we must Sabbath. And we forget that if he's demanding us to Sabbath, that means he's also demanding us to work hard for six days. Yeah, And so... If we have worked hard and worked unto the Lord and done everything that we desired to do in Him for six long, hard days, you know what we're going to need mentally, physically, emotionally? A day of rest. Yeah. And so I think uh, in our country, we have abused this rest. Uh, I do it, um, and I think others do it. We try to get a little bit here, a little bit there, little chunks rather than trying to carve out a whole day or even hours. And so one of the things that my wife and I do, we don't do it as much, but we, we, we come in and out of seasons of it, is we'll start implementing, hey, here's a four or five hour period uh, on a Saturday morning where we're not going to do screens, we're not going to do anything else, we're just going to be together, we're going to exist. And so start with small chunks that you can manage, pick out a time, like if it's, hey, I'm always on screens, I'm always doing this, find 30 minutes a day to put it down and yeah. don't do that. Yeah. Um, and, and start with small manageable ta tasks and chunks in your schedule that you are in control of, recognize the moments that you are in control of, and just seize them. Yeah. Carpe diem, seize the day, right? Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people in their lives, they think they got it all under control. Mm. And, you know, some people just try to plan every little aspect of their life that they kind of lose focus. Um, and I think that's kind of what we saw with Martha. Mm. You, you know, she, she thought she was doing good. She had Jesus in her house. She was preparing and doing everything that she thought she needed to do but in reality she there was troubles there and she didn't know it mm -hmm. so how can we recognize these troubles when we look at our lives and what we think we have things under control yeah this is good because self-awareness like i think there's that that psychology quote out there that like something like 90 percent of people believe they're self-aware yeah but only like 12 percent actually are for sure uh and so that's a difficult one because it does require um self-introspection and you have to be able to analyze yourself or 
be in a place of vulnerability with friends and family to where they can help you. And I think that is probably the biggest point that I would push people to is if all we ever do is live in our own echo chamber of self-reflection and uh, you know questions of how healthy we are to ourselves, then we're never fully opening up to truly getting better because we're never going to push ourselves as hard as somebody else will. Now, there's somebody out there listening who's like a one on the Enneagram who's like, you know, a perfectionist. And like, yeah. I push myself harder than, you know, the average person because I'm introspective and all those things. And I get that. And there's parts of it that are probably true. And I think a large majority of it, you still miss. Yeah. We need people around us to help us. Martha needed Jesus. And not just because, like, he's Jesus. Yeah. What Martha probably could have used from a sister and maybe did and just didn't have a relationship from Mary was Mary saying, hey, Martha, slow down. Yeah. Um, it just happened in this story. Jesus sees into her soul. You're serving for me. I get it. You're serving in my name. You're, you're going out and doing all these great things, but you're doing them from a place of anxiety and stress. And um, you really need to slow down. So I think the first thing that I would say to answer the question of like, how do you recognize if you're in trouble uh, is have community. We talk about missional communities all the time. I think this is a big part of the DNA aspect of missional communities yeah. because if we're coming and going through the family gatherings. Um, those aren't always super deep. I don't, I don't want to call them superficial, but there's so many of us oftentimes in a room, we can't really dive deep into things of life. We can have good, deep conversations, but they're not usually personal. But when I get into a DNA with two or three guys, like I'm going to have my DNA this week, and I get in the room with three other men and we start diving into the scripture together and we start asking each other the question of like, do you feel like you're busy? Yes. No. Okay. Go deeper. Yeah. What do you mean? How's this? What does it look like? Tell me your, you know, day in, day out routine with your wife. How are you, how are you shepherding her? How are you shepherding your kids? How, how are you doing with your finances? Like, when do you do finances? You know, that's one of the things that I, I, I struggle with all the time is like, when am I going to find time to make sure that my grass is cut in my house? And the grass is cut at the church and, you know, all the different things that I'm managing. And so um, I can find myself in a position of unhealth and unwealth um, really quickly. But it's at those moments where my bride usually looks at me, taps me on the shoulder in love and says, hey, you need to take some time. Yeah. You need to go play golf. You need to go to a movie. We need like she we planned a date night this past week because we had a hard day coming up. And she was like, look, I know it's going to be a hard day mentally, emotionally. So that night, let's go on a date. And we planned it five, six days out because she knew she was going to need it. She was going to need something to look forward to. And so I think little things like that can happen um, for each other. Um, and then I do think there is an aspect that we need to be accountable to ourselves. So maybe you're not the most self-aware person. What the Holy Spirit can do for you, though, if you seek him, is reveal those things to you. Yeah. So that's why quiet times come important. And I think quiet times people think are just like reading your scripture and, and that's it. Sometimes a quiet time might just be sitting and listening. Yeah. Like one of the ones I want to lean into for Lent that I think we're going to talk about here in a second yeah. is, is meditation. Like I think we hear meditation and we think like Eastern religion, but meditating on God's word is literally just sitting and listening to him. See, prayer is us speaking to him. And then the scripture is how he speaks back to us. But oftentimes he can speak to us in other ways if we will slow down. Yeah. But we don't slow down. So the only way he listens, you know, we listen to him is through his, his word. 
But what if we meditated and his word then was brought to our memory um, through meditation and fasting and other things? So, yeah, I guess to recap, having a community around you um, that is like-minded, yeah. that sees in it. Because I don't want people speaking in my, in my life that are not like-minded. Yeah. Uh, we want to be walking on the same path. I, I really want in my local church as well, not just Christian, but us walking together. Uh, but then I think the second thing is having just a healthy spiritual life where I am being, uh, I guess, the Holy Spirit is just searching my soul. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I do think it's, you know, it's very cool how this this sermon was so timely with us leading up to, mm-hmm. like, Lent. Um, Lent is obviously a time for us to, like, really examine our lives and look for some kind of um, way that we could take something you know fast from it and really just realign with God so for those of you that maybe don't participate in Lent Chris just give us a little little rundown of what Lent is and kind of what we're looking at as we lead into it as a church yeah I think uh, historically people think of Lent as a Roman Catholic thing uh, and there's certainly some roots there um, Lent for me is just quite simply um, Jesus as his ministry began, he gets baptized, and what does he do? He withdraws into the wilderness for 40 days and um, in preparation for his ministry. For us, we model that same withdrawal, that same um, doing without in preparation for the celebration of the risen son. Yep. And so Lent is a time where we are to strip away some things and add on something else. I, ha- I even heard somebody say it like this. You get rid of the good to go to the great. So um, you, eating food is not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing, right? We need it. Yeah. Sometimes we get rid of that good thing and we replace it with a great thing like serving or reading scripture or praying, meditating, journaling, um, spending more time with him to be reminded of the sacrifice that he's going to pay for us. That he, I mean, that he did pay for us, but we're you know, calendar-wise, we're reflecting about Easter. And so I think Lent is important because um, we get lost in the rat race of life. Yeah. And so every year it helps me reset. Some people use January 1st resolutions. I think that's great. Um, if that works for you, praise the Lord. I think for me, a great one is Lent. Yeah. It's It's that time where I reflect on the previous year and I go, where did I excel? Where where have I fallen short? And unfortunately, it ends up being a lot of the same areas. Um, but I'm hoping and praying that one of these days, you know, some of the things that maybe I got hangups in and hurts and ha- habits, I can break those through the process of just giving them to the Lord through Lent. So, yeah, we'll we'll begin Lent on February 14th, Valentine's Day. Our church is gonna open up the building for the day, and we're gonna have prayer stations in the sanctuary. Uh, where there'll be prayer, there'll be meditation, um, there'll be a quick word um, from our team, and there'll be a a time to just listen to some music and just listen to the Lord. Uh, But I think ultimately it's a time where you are setting aside just moments in your day to prepare your heart for the next 40 days. And um, yeah, so I'm encouraging like, I think our missional community is going to come do it together. Yeah. Uh, I think if families want to come do it together, that's great. If you want to come do it before work, like, again, you're in charge of your schedule. 
So make it a priority. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think that wraps it up for today. Um, yeah. Again, uh, we hope to see you guys on the 14th. Just make it make it a priority. I mean, Chris talked about it in his sermon. If you don't make a plan, you plan to fail. That's so, right. So make it a point to be here on the 14th and just participate in Lent with us as a church. It's going to be an awesome time for us. Um, again, if you have any questions about the sermon, uh, just try to get it into us by Monday morning. Yeah. We're going to be recording these every Monday morning. So um, we'll see you back next week, and we hope that you enjoyed this. Let's go.